0: Actually, his 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 message is just incredible. Um, he pastors a church down in Weston called Vertical Church, and he actually pastor vertical. Pastor, I almost called you Pastor Vertical. That's awesome. <laughs> pastor Virgil um, actually took over his dad's church. Um, that was planted about 26 years ago, took over about five years ago, and is now leading just an incredible church, doing amazing things, um, bilingual, which you're going to get a little taste of today. So will you guys give him a warm coastal welcome, Pastor Virgil from Vertical Church. Thank you, sir. Buenos dias, Coastal Community Church. L-E-S. Muy bien. Muy bien. Voy a predicar en español hoy. All right. Yeah, no. I said, I'm going to preach in Spanish, but I don't think that's going to work. Um, man, it's so good. Isn't it good to worship God? Uh, I'm, I'm so happy to be here, and I just want to, I want to take a moment just to commend um, the Lord for what He's doing in this church. Uh, I, I want to honor your pastors. Uh, TJ and Shayla are doing an amazing job. Listen, listen. Uh, as a pastor, you see a lot of things. You see a lot of churches. You meet a lot of people. But, but man, if there's church, if there's a church that's really not only growing and flourishing, but making a, a true impact in the community, you got to recognize it's the presence of God in the place, and there's great leadership. So, can we just give a round of applause for the pastors in this house? Love, love them. Love TJ. Spent some time with him at the art conference this year. And uh, uh, um, just, it's just so awesome to see uh, uh, men and women of God who are just following God's call and making an impact. Another thing, can I say what an awesome facility this is? I love this building. And, you know, you take it, sometimes you take it for granted when, when you're not, uh, you know, set up teardown anymore, right? Um, you take it for granted, but some people are like, thank you, Jesus, right? Uh, I remember there was a season in our, in, our, in our church that we had to get the you know, bathrooms redone, and they didn't let us in our building for like two months because of some codes and some issues. And and I was like, you know, we're gonna do services in the bathroom. We're gonna pray in the bathroom because that's how much important it was because they got done. And let me tell you something. You guys got phase one done of this amazing facility. I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so thankful for you guys. Um, um, my, I'm, as... Pastor Josh mentioned, my name is pastor, Virgi, pastor Virgilio. If you spoke Spanish, you would say Pastor Virgilio. But I know that I'm not going to expect that from you. You can call me Pastor Virge. Uh, all, all my friends and everybody at church calls me Pastor Verge. Uh, I'm the pastor of Vertical Church, also known as Iglesia Vertical. We are a bilingual church. Everything we do, we do in both languages. Uh, we do four services just like Coastal. Uh, except we, do, we pack them all in on Sunday. But we do three in Spanish. We do one in English. And God's doing something special in our church. There's a lot of people in our community kind of like me. I'm not just American. I'm Hispanic. I'm not just Hispanic. I'm American plus I'm a Jesus freak. So all that combined uh, makes, makes for a fun, passionate church. And I, and I know I'm in for a fun, passionate service as well with all you guys here. Here's a picture of my family. I just want to mention because God has blessed me. And uh, my wife, Jislaine, is like me. She's, her family's from Columbia, South America, and she was born here like, like myself. My son, Caleb, is 11. Uh, he's awesome at sports, and he, lo- he wants to be a pastor when he grows up. Um, my daughter, Sophia, is 9 going on 30. And Um, She's awesome, she is going to fifth grade next year. She is bright. And my son, Nico, Nicholas, he's on my shoulders there. Uh, He is just as hyperactive and cute as I was when I was his age. And um, and yes, we're all models. We work for Telemundo. No, just kidding. Um, that's my family, and, and today, my wife is, is holding down the fort preaching part two of our Jonah series over, I I love women that can lead, amen, we believe in women who can lead and have a calling in their life, um, God calls all of us to make a difference uh, as long as we're all in our place, um, the title of today's message that I want to share with you guys is Embrace Your Place, and I love that we were just singing, and the Holy Spirit just really just highlighted, sometimes, I don't know if that ever happens, like the Holy Spirit just highlights something in your heart, and we were singing, um, um, in my father's house, there's a place for me. Think about that. My father's house, there's a place for me. There's a place for you. In, in, in the body of Christ, there's a place for you. Um, so so I, I, my dad, my dad is one of these people who's very orderly. Anybody orderly? Anybody like order and organization and things in life? All right, so that's my dad, right? Anybody a free spirit? Anybody free, any free spirits? We got some free spirits. All right, so my dad is a very organized orderly person. And I've found in life that normally an orderly organized person marries a free spirit. Has anybody figured that out? It's, it's, that's kind of how life works out, right? Um, so my dad growing up, whenever we would take anything that was his specifically or anything that was very important to the whole family... I don't know why it was the scissors for us. It was the scissors. He had a pair of scissors that he loved, and we all loved to use his scissors, right? And so whenever he would see us with his scissors, he would pause. He would say, come here, come here, come here, come here. And I would come to him as a kid, or my sisters would come, and we'd come to him. And and, and you'd think he was going to say, okay, these are scissors. Be careful, child of mine. I want to protect your life, right? And he he wasn't worried about our safety. He was like, when you finish using those scissors, you put them back in their place. That was what he said. And so, you know, we'd all be watching, uh, we'd all sit down be ready to watch a movie or something together on the TV. And all of a sudden, uh, oh, dad can't find the control. And you, you could see like smoke coming out of his head because he says with his teeth clenched, when you use the remote control, make sure you put it back in its place. Uh, so he married my mom, who is a free spirit. And my mom has this tendency. It's funny because we all joke about it, but my dad gets frustrated. She, she tends to lose her keys and her cell phone. Okay? I know I know that doesn't happen to anybody here, but my, my mom, a lot of times, she's like, where's my keys? Where's my cell phone? And my dad's like, I'm never going to buy you a cell phone again. I'm never going to, you know, all these things because he says, just learn. He says, honey, just learn. Every time you get home, put the keys in their place because everything has its place and free spirits like my wife think there's 10 places for everything. And I used to make fun of my dad, and now I find myself with my kids. When my kids come and say, Dad, I can't find my other shoe. And I say, child of mine, <laughs> once you get home and take your, take your shoes off, put them in their place. place. All of us, I think, can relate with this issue of being in place, whether we're the ones who like to have everything in its place or whether we're the ones who don't always have it in its place. I think we've all experienced this now. We're talking about material things, but I have a question. Even as we were singing that last song, here's my question. What about us? Do we have a place? Is there a place that God has placed us? Does God sometimes wonder, where'd he go? Why isn't she in the place that I placed her in? And as we talk about this today, here's the heart of my message. I I usually have kind of like a heart of the message on on your little uh, note sheet if you want to fill in the blanks. I believe that filling in the blanks uh, is very good because you can share it with somebody later. I also believe that if you fill in the blanks at church, you will reach heaven first. And here's the heart of today's message. You have a place in the body of Christ, and God is calling you to embrace. Everybody say embrace. Embrace your place because the rest of the body is counting on you to be in place. Can we pray for a second? I really believe that a seed is only as good as the soil in which it is planted, and I'm going to throw some good seeds from God's word, but it's not up to me how your soil is, so let's just pray for the soil of our hearts. Lord, I pray that the soil of our hearts and minds and lives would be good, fertile soil, ready to receive the seeds of truth of your word, and that they would grow in our life, that they would flourish and give much fruit, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read 15 verses back to back. I know that's not always the norm necessarily in church. But I want to read this passage, 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12 all the way to verse 27. You guys ready to come on board with me? Just as one body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with who? (laughs) With Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Verse 18, check this out. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, how? Just as he wanted them to be. Verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, hand. And the head cannot say to the feet, hey, feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body. Check that out, no division, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. All right, this is a powerful passage and there's so much to unpack in so little time. So if I talk a little fast, remember he's Latino, okay? Okay. There's one verse that catches my attention, and it's verse 26, and it says, If one part suffers, every part suffers. With it. This reminds me of a story uh, of something that happened to me three and a half years ago. Three and a half years ago, November 1st, 2015, I was in the uh, uh, in a city called Barranquilla, northern coast of Colombia. If anybody knows Colombia, anybody, anybody know Colombia? All right, so so Colombia is a, is a country in South America on the northern coast, okay, and and we had the honor and privilege of planting a church, our daughter church. It's actually vertical church, Barranquilla, Iglesia Vertical Barranquilla, uh, and then November 1st was our first official. They had been meeting at a home for a long time, kind of, a, kind of like a life group, a small group and and then you know just kept growing and and so the first official service i was i I was able to go and be with them the first day we were kind of in a rented space for the first time and it was an awesome service uh amazing then later that afternoon we did a whole our whole growth our whole discover track you know a whole growth track in one day we did four classes because we wanted to get everybody on board as soon as possible while i was there and then in the evening they said hey pastor verge do you want to come play soccer with us we're going to rent a field and the guys want to know if you want to play soccer and i say i said would i i would love to i love sports I'm extremely competitive i don't play to have fun. I play to win okay yes. and uh and and the cool thing is when when you're a little bit older and and kind of a little bit out of shape you know um Sometimes people underestimate you, but when you know how to play, it don't matter. You can, you can do circles around a little youngin'. So it was fun because some of the young guys thought they were going to breeze by, and I was just scoring some goals. I was having fun. All right, last play of the game. Two minutes left on, the, on our little rental of the field. And they said, two minutes, two minutes. And I was like, all right, I want to score one more goal. I want to show these guys up. I want to score one more goal so they can be proud of their pastor. And I remember I, I just did a one quick, quick run at the end, and all of a sudden, I, kinda, I started falling. And you know when you kind of feel like you're in slow motion? I, I felt like I was in slow motion, and I heard my knee, something go, I heard it and I felt it right here. I had never felt it before, but I heard pop, and, I, and I'm like rolling on the ground. And everybody's like, "Oh, Pastor Bird," you know, because you know you laugh when people fall and stuff. And then and then they saw me like not getting up, and I was like, you know, I was like waving my hand. <laughs> I was like, "Come help your pasture sheep," and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, when I, you know, I I had to get on a plane the next morning. It was hard. I was limping. I didn't know how I was going to make it. I honestly was crying that next morning because I had to get 6 a.m. I had to drive over an hour to Cartagena, get on a plane and fly back. I got home. Make a long story short, I had a complete rupture of my ACL. Complete rupture of my anterior cruciate ligament. We have two ligaments right behind our kneecap, our patella. There's two ligaments. There's the anterior cruciate ligament, ACL, and the posterior. It kind of makes a cross. Cruciate means cross. Take a look at a picture because I want you guys to know and feel my pain. All right, so if you, take the, if you take the patella off, if you take the kneecap off, this is what you would see. You see that little red, that little red mark? Okay, so that means that there's a complete tear of that anterior cruciate ligament. We hear about it, a lot about it in sports, right? And uh, anybody, just curious, anybody ever had a, an ACL rupture or, yeah, okay, Lord Jesus, bless them, Lord. Um, <laughs> Bless him, Lord, bless him. Um, you, they know. You can talk to them. And, and if you've ever had a serious injury, you know that it can affect you. I think there's one more picture, just so you can see. So, so that, that tear right there, you know, it looks, you know, it looks in a picture, it Looks, but when it's happening in your knee. And it's bulging, and it's, and it's hard. Um, so, so here's another backstory of, of, about my, my, my history. I'm actually an occupational therapist by profession. I got my master's degree, and I worked as a rehab uh, in rehab departments, helping people kind of rehab after accidents. And, and so uh, because I'm an OT, I, know, I always knew that I had an ACL, but I never paid a lot of attention to it, right? Like, nobody really paid. Like, you don't pay a lot of attention to your ACL until you tear it or rupture it. You know what I mean? Like, when you get ready for church this morning, I'm sure you guys were like, all right, hair looks good, you know, clothes looks good, ACL looking pretty good. <laughs> Nobody does that, right? Because you don't really see your ACL. And and, and here it is a ligament smaller than my pinky behind my kneecap that I forgot was even there. This tiny ligament became displaced or ruptured and instantly affected the rest of my body. One one small part. I couldn't move well, I couldn't think well. why because this tiny ligament that i forgot even existed became displaced i want you to fill out that next blank with me on the second page the church is full of these small unseen parts the church is full of these small unseen parts in verse 22 of what we read in first corinthians it says that those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable i agree with my acl And we often think that it's the people up on the platform, the pastor, you know, the worship team, the people that are kind of more seen and visible, that those are the important body parts. But the reality is every part of the body is important. Every place is important. And it's so important to embrace your place because even the small parts can immobilize the body's movement. Write this next one down. A small, a part so small can make such a significant difference. Every time... You think it doesn't matter if I go to church this Sunday, no one's gonna care. I'm not that important. What I do, I'm just the ligament behind the kneecap. Nobody's applauding what I do. Doesn't matter if I give, my tithe is so insignificant. Look how many people come to this church there's four services for goodness sakes. Doesn't matter if I give, and we have this tendency to underestimate and devalue our place, our capabilities. I'm not the leg, I mean, I'm not the arm. I'm just a ligament. Who who sees me? I'm just serving in the nursery with the babies. Nobody's saying, good job with the babies. Excellent. Way Way to clean up that spit. But you know how important it is that you're contributing so that that single mom can be in here hearing the message of God, accepting Jesus, making a life decision. Because you are part of the body doing your part right behind the kneecap as a small ligament. Nobody sees it, but it's so important that you're in place. We tend to think that it's only the ones up here. Let me tell you something. Fill in in this next blank. Your place matters. Because you simply not showing up and embracing your place, it matters. It says in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 12 that, in fact, God has placed placed the parts of the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. If God has called you to be part of this body, of this church, he's put you here for a reason. But when you're out of place... It can affect the whole body. And I feel that God sometimes is thinking, man, my body is walking around crippled and immobilized because there's so many displaced ligaments and ruptured tendons. They're out of place. Could you imagine, could you imagine the potential of what Coastal Community Church could do if every one of its current members were in place? I say the same thing about Vertical Church. If, If every member of the body was in place. And if you're, if you're visiting, if you're a guest today, if you're looking for a church, this is a great church you should connect to. If you live in this area you're looking for a church to connect to, pray about it because it's good to pray. Consider it. Talk to the leadership. Do the Discover class. Get in place. Because God needs you. He wants you to be a part of this body. But you have to embrace it. Embrace your place. I remember after my ACL injury, guess what I was doing for a long time? I was like, I actually had to preach a couple times. I had a knee brace under my jeans and, and I was limping. I had to use this knee brace And and you know what, if we could get an accurate picture of the church, I think sometimes we think the church is okay because we're getting stuff done, but but we're limping. Like I was getting from point A to point B, but not as strong and as effectively as I could when I was normal, when I wasn't having that issue. And so what happens, I want you to fill out this next blank with me. It's very important. When one part of the body is weak or out of place, the rest of the body has to compensate for that part. So, so check this out. This is also part of my therapy years, right? So when this is weak, guess what's taking the brunt of the weight? The left side. And so the, the, the weak, the, the, the muscles in my right leg begin to atrophy and weaken. And, and, and then my, le- my left leg starts getting some extra work, right? And so, of course, thank God that I have my left leg. Or thank God that when one part is out of place, another part can help. But, but that compensation takes a toll over time. Yeah. And so you have people in the body of Christ who sometimes, and I'm not here to say, oh, there's, but sometimes are serving more than they need to, giving more than they need to, doing more than they need to. But it's not because they have to, it's because they're compensating for parts of the body that aren't doing their part because they haven't embraced their place. They haven't understood in my father's house, there's a place for me. As part of the body of Christ, we can easily dismiss our own place. I'm not that important. We can easily fall into the place of being a consumer of church as opposed to being a contributor of church. Of being a spectator of worship as opposed to being a participant worshiper. And I think God's calling us to identify this and say, embrace your place. Embrace your place. If we all embraced our place, we would have less people burning out in church. (laughs) And I'm the first to say I love serving the Lord. But there is lines that we can cross when we're over-serving. <laughs> and so let's help each other out by saying, brother, I'm going to be in place. Because you, you, uh, ankle, you need me in place. I'm the ligament behind the knee. I'm the ACL. I'm going to help you out. God is the one who sets us in place. Here's something important. I really believe that your destiny is attached to a place. In other words, where God wants you to go and be And what God has ultimately for you is always connected to a place. Everybody say a place. Many times, like I said, the church is limping because many of its parts haven't embraced their place. Fill this next blank out with me. Nothing will gain back the momentum in your life more than embracing your place, assuming the position that God has put you in. Here's what we discover. Here's what we discover. Sometimes... The place, that place where God has us in, isn't a prominent place. Sometimes that place that God has us in isn't like the spotlight place. And we're such a spotlight-driven culture that we tend to want the place of, of recognition. We tend to like the place of, of applause and of, of, of you know, affirmation. And we all want a position. And sometimes we all want a title, but we need to understand it's not about a position or title. It's about a place. It's about embracing the place that God has put each of us in. We If we all understood the power of a place, we would stop seeking position and embrace our place. Why? Because our place has the potential to lead us to our destiny. How so, Pastor Virg? I'm going to explain it. I don't, I don't, can can I say something? I don't devalue my ACL anymore. (laughs) Because I've experienced what it is to have it out of place or ruptured. Every part of God's body is crucial. You, know, you want to know why? Because in the end, it doesn't matter that I'm the ACL. It doesn't matter that you're the arm. It doesn't matter that you're the lung. It does, what matters is that we all hold up one part, and it's the head. Christ is the head, and we, the church, are his body. And so we all do our part in holding up the head. And so many Christians have sacrificed their destiny at the altar of a position that they wanted, all because they wouldn't embrace their place. All right, let's, let, let me talk about Elijah to turn the corner here. So Elijah is this prophet of God in 1 Kings chapter 19, right? And and one thing that we learn is that God is constantly having to readjust things in his body. Um, um, So... Elijah, a man of God who would bring messages from the Lord to the people of of the Lord. Um, Let me give you some context before we read. He's had a great victory over the prophets of Baal, you know, over these evil guys. Great victory. Then he's running from uh, Queen Jezebel. Then he's worried in the cave and he's fearful. And then God shows up and says to him, hey, I'm sending you to a place so that you can anoint your successor as the next prophet. I'm going to anoint somebody, but you're going to be a part of the process. And this is what God says to Elijah. Look what it says in 1 Kings 19.15. It says, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Meholah to succeed you as prophet. Anybody's going to have a baby? These are good names to consider for your newborns. And it says in verse 19, jump there. So Elijah went from there and found who? Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was where was, where was Elisha? He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. And he himself was driving the which one? The 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak over him. This is the moment where he anoints Elisha. Now here's what I want. I want to just stop there. And here's what I want to do. Understand that Elijah is going to anoint the next prophet of God. And Elijah is probably thinking, man, this is going to be a great man. Like, God, who is it? It's got to be like the most popular, the strongest, the most handsome. I mean, if he's going to succeed me, it's got to be the people's choice, right? And God sends him to the desert. <laughs> And there in the desert, behind the first, no, the second, no, the third, no, the 12th yoke of oxen, there's Elisha. There's Elisha. Fill out this blank with me. It's so interesting that most often when God comes to call you to your destiny, he normally has you, he normally has had you in a place. Everybody say a place. a place. It's normally not necessarily a place of prominence. Sometimes it's a place of obscurity. Sometimes it's even desert-like. Sometimes it's just not the ideal. You know that challenging place in your marriage where you're almost ready to give up because it seems like it's too hard? You know that challenging place raising your kids because you just feel like, man, this is impossible. That that that, 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 that moment where you're serving once again at church, but it seems like nobody recognizes what you do. Nobody's applauding. Great job parking that car. Great job leading those people. Like, And you feel like, ah, I thought this was going to be different. That That place where you've been you think, man, I've been single for 30 years, and God, I've been waiting for you to bring that person that's going to be my spouse. Lord, I've been praying for it, but I'm tired. One more year, I'm going to give you one more year, Lord. And if not, then I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. You know those, those positions of, why am I here? God sends Elijah to find Elisha. Do you realize that sometimes when God calls people, he goes to find them in their place, and it's just like this? You remember Moses? Where was Moses when God called Moses to go lead the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt? Moses was in the desert, and God uses a burning bush to talk to him. But where was Moses? He was in the place God had him. Because your, your place is connected to your destiny. God calls the prophet Samuel, I want you to anoint the next king over Israel. Who is it going to be? One of the sons of Jesse. Oh, wow, there's a bunch of them. Let me go see. It's probably going to be the, most, the tallest one, the most handsome, the most educated. And they're all at a party, and they're all there, and none of them are there. And who they say? Oh, well, there's one more. Who was it? David. Where was David? Was David in, in, in the luxury hotel down in Hollywood? Where's David. Out in the field, taking care of the sheep, which was normally a job for one of the servants, which already was kind of an insult for, for everybody being in this party <laughs> except him watching the, the sheep. And, and what was he doing? Where was he? He was in his place. He's probably practicing writing some songs for Coastal Community Church worship. He's probably, he was probably uh, practicing his aim with a slingshot, right? He didn't know. He, he, your place is connected to your destiny. Sometimes God is just waiting to see, are you in place? Are you in place? Are you, are you going to be faithful? Are you going to stay in place? Be faithful in your marriage. Are you going to stay in place? Those kids need you. Are you going to stay in place? Are you going to stay morally pure? And, and, and sexually and mentally, like pure, guard your heart, knowing that God, because, because your place connects you to your destiny. You know, you know, it's funny because when they did my surgery, they did an autograft and they took part, they, put, they took some tissue from my hamstring you know, they, they used tissue from my hamstring to reconstruct my ACL. Can you imagine if my, if my hamstring, like the day before, would have decided, I don't want to be a hamstring anymore. I want to be an elbow. I'm sick of this hamstring deal. It couldn't have been used. They would have to use something else. Imagine if Elisha, the day before Elijah came to the desert of Damascus, would have said, I'm sick of these oxen butt. <laughs> 24 of them. I'm out of here. We're going to Parkland, Florida, right? Imagine if, if Elijah would have done that the day before. Elijah would have gotten there he would have been out of place. And somehow our place connects us to our destiny. And when we embrace our place, not only did God place us where we are, but the rest of the body depends on us being in place. And sometimes God calls us and reassigns us to a new place, but it's all dependent upon being in the place God called us to be. Man, there's so, there's so much here, man. I wish we could unpack this a little bit more. So you can, you can, you can think about this and pray about this. Uh, write this down with me. Sometimes to get to our destiny, we just have to stay in place. Oh, but that church seems to be offering me a better program for my sh- children. and Oh, that, there's a better time for me. Really? I've actually had people tell me that. It's just the service times don't work for me. And I'm telling them, you're not understanding. God's called you to a place. And we're so quick to go to, to to get out of place. Well, well. That leader didn't say hello. I think I'm going somewhere else. I don't think I like my wife as much as I used to. I'm going to find a new one. And we so easily get out of place because we don't embrace our place. Not understanding that our place is connected to our destiny. And we may be reassigned. There's so much more than what you see. There's so much more than what you see. All Elisha saw was oxen, butt, and desert. (laughs) But God saw you're in place. I'm going to reassign you. Stay in place. Embrace your place. When you fight for your marriage, all you see is just the conflict. All you see is how hard it is and how frustrated and how hurt you are. But there's more there. There's, there's a generation. There's a legacy. There's kids that will be affected. Think about it. Stay in place. Ask God, God, come and work in me. Work in us. Do a miracle because God does miracles, right? God restores and he reconciles and he touches. And, but embrace your place. Embrace your place. When you're giving, how am I, oh man, I'm giving, I'm giving a tithe, why am I giving a tithe when, when I'm going through financial strife? Why am I being faithful to a tithe? I mean, really, does it really matter? Embrace your place. There's a door that you're opening that you can't even understand the implications and the spiritual for your, over your life, over, your, over, over, over your, your family watching and observing. Are you gonna, are you gonna, embr- are you gonna embrace your place and remain? You know, and I, I close off with kind of my personal testimony. I, all, growing up, I stayed in place. Son of a pastor, son of a pastor. My dad didn't want to be a pastor. He just loved to teach the word of God. When he, he accepted Him and my mom came from the Columbia here to the States. And, and that, that's why the Lord brought them. Because I don't know if they would have met the Lord in Columbia. They were very comfortable. And, and here, they accepted the Lord. Their lives changed. I was about two years old. They started, a, they started a, what we would call a, small, a life group or a small group in, in, in their home. For eight years, it was a small group. He, my dad would play guitar. My mom would play tambourine. And he would get into the word. And they'd preach, teach the word. Eventually just grew. And so, so growing up. I was a pastor's kid. You know what pastor's kids do? They get to church two hours before everybody else. And they leave church two hours after everybody else. And you know what we become really proficient at? Stacking chairs. For years of my life, I became a professional chair stacker at age 11. I was in my place. It wasn't always fun. It wasn't always fun looking at 12 yoke of oxen butt. But I was in my place, and later as time went by, I started helping in different areas, and youth ministry, and this ministry. And eventually, my dad stopped leading worship. He said, I need somebody to take over praise and worship ministry. Let's see, who's been faithful? Who's been available? Who's been teachable? Who's been fat, faithful, available, teachable? All right, let's see. How about you, Verge? Okay, put the chairs down. <laughs> I wasn't the best, but I had the right heart. Started to develop my ability, and started leading worship. Eventually, started pastoring the worship team. I was in place. I got reassigned, but I was in place. A couple of years go by, I start getting proficient in, in what I'm doing, then, then the Lord kind of puts something in my heart, start writing songs, and, and I start a Spanish Christian band called Contagios. We start traveling, for 20 years we traveled Latin America, South America, Central America, and the States, taking the music that God inspired in us, fun, Christian, life-changing music, singing in concerts all over the world that's not where it started it started stacking chairs waiting i wonder when mom and dad are gonna finish counseling that couple i was in place when god came to find me i was in place and he said i'm reassigning you you're gonna leave your hamstring and you're gonna to go to the acl and i need you to do what i'm calling you to do and i need you to embrace your place why am i sharing this it's Because i feel in my heart some of us here need to embrace our place as part of this body And I'm not saying it at you. I'm saying it to you. You might have been thinking recently, I don't know if this is the place for me. If God called you to be here, pray about it significantly, seriously. Holy Spirit, show me, speak to me. I want to embrace my place. Some of us may have been thinking what I do doesn't matter much. Or you might be new considering maybe this is a house for me, but you're not sure what the vision is. Go to Discover. Go to the Discover class. I think, what time is it today? 1130. 11.30. Go to Discover. Discover what God is doing in this house. And if God is calling you here, and if he is, man, find a place and embrace it. And you may have been faithfully serving since since set up and tear down nine years ago here at Coastal Community Church. And God may have reassigned you already a couple times, but let me tell you something. He's got more. He's got more. But embrace your place. I want to do two prayers. Let me just pray for everybody right now. Lord, I pray right now first for, for every single person in this place that we would be able to understand how much we need you. I pray, Lord, that you would help us embrace our place no matter where we are. I think some of us here need to embrace our place in our marriage, in our family. Some of us need to embrace our place in our job. Some of us need to embrace our place as part of this church body and this ministry, Lord. Help us, Lord, understand that our place is connected to our destiny. I pray for men and women in this place who maybe have even been considering doing something in their own mind, in their own strength, in their own understanding, but that today your Holy Spirit would have spoken to them. Almost confirming that's not the best choice. Just stay and embrace your place. Thank you, Jesus, because you modeled an example for us in the Garden of Gethsemane and you were sweating blood and, and, and you said, Father, take this cup from me. In other words, Father, if I don't have to do this, but then you said, but then Jesus, you said, not my will, but yours be done. And I pray that that would be our posture and attitude today that we would say, Lord, not my will, your will. I pray for every part of the body of Coastal Community Church from the small ligaments to the organs to the the strong muscles to the bones and the framework and the infrastructure. I pray, Lord, that every part of the body would be in place and that you would do even more. Than what you've already done which is great lord thank you for your holy spirit in this place and thank you because in our father's house there's a place for each one of us in jesus name now i want to pray this last prayer if you're here and you feel far from god maybe somebody invited you to church today and you just said hey i'll go and maybe maybe we call it the holy spirit some people say i feel a good vibe here at coastal community church. some people say there's something special right and we say it's the presence of God. It's God's Holy Spirit that surpa- it, it brings peace that surpasses all understanding. But, but you might be like some of us were before we knew God. It's one thing to know about God, but it's a very different thing to know God. I have a friend that I spoke to the other day, and I said, I asked him, do you know about President Trump? And he said, yeah, of course. No, about him, of course. Then I said, do you know President Trump? And he looked at me and he said, well... You mean like personally? I said, yeah. He said, he said no. I said, okay. Then I asked him, do you know about God? He said, yeah. And then I said, do you know God? He said, you mean personally? I said, yeah. He said, no. And you might be here today and I ask you, do you know about God? Yeah, I've been, I went to Bible school when I was a kid. Yeah, my mom goes to church. Here's the second question. Do you know God? And if there's any insecurity, I'm not talking about religion, relationship. I want to invite you to say this prayer. We call it the prayer of faith. Close your head, close your eyes. I'm sorry, and bow your heads. I'm not going to ask anybody to come forward or, you know, shout out. I'm just, just right now, just evaluate your life. And if you are willing to say today, you know what? You know what, Pastor Verge? I think I want to know God. I want to take that first step. It's the Christian life is all about steps and salvation and. It's not an issue of church membership. Salvation is an issue of surrendering your heart to Jesus. And if you are able to say, like many of us said at one point, one day, I don't know God. I know about Him, but I don't know Him. I want to invite you to say this prayer. We're all going to pray it together. But if, if you're here today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you say, You know what, Pastor Birch, include me in this prayer because I, I want to ask Jesus to come in my heart today. I want you to raise your hand quickly right now. I want to know who says, Today is my day. I see it. Anybody else? I see it. Anybody else? I see it. Thank you. you and Put them down. Thank you. I see it back there. Thank you. Let's do this. God is so, I'm so thankful. I'm so happy that you're making this decision. Church, let's all pray this prayer together. Say with me, thank you, God, for loving me and forgiving me. I accept that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of forgiveness. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to pay for my sins on the cross. I believe it in my heart. I confess it with my mouth that Jesus died and he rose to forgive my sins. And save my soul. Jesus, I repent. I turn to you. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, come in my life. Renew my mind. Make me a new person. Thank you, God. Thank you for saving me. For forgiving me. (laughs) For saving me today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give it up for the Lord? Can we give it up for the Lord? So... Thank you for having me. Embrace your place.